What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Frenzy Podcast. My name is Ben Padalera, and I'm your host. I'm joined here, as always, by my very special co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Master Marino. Boys, week 12, how we doing? How was Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was good. If week 12 ever ends, I'll let you know how week 12 went. Yeah, everything's everything's looking good. Thanksgiving was great. Only had my brother over for this Thanksgiving because, you know, the whole COVID situation. But, man, oh, man, fellas, did I have some cursed gambling luck this weekend. No. So your picks it, I tweeted out. about it. Tell the picks I tweeted it. out were, were man. They went all right. The picks that I had on the podcast, I went seven for seven. Or, or I mean, seven and seven. So seven wins, seven losses. And then the player props. Went three and one, so a pretty decent day. But I had a couple of big teasers that came down to absolute heartbreakers. The first one that I had was the Chargers and the Bills. I had the over teased. And in that final drive, I needed Justin Herbert to either them to either score a touchdown or kick a field goal. And they got it to first and one, like on the goal line. With six seconds left, they had two plays they could have run. The first play they ran, they didn't get it. And then they ran the field goal unit out on the field and didn't kick the field goal, which would have hit the over, and I'd be a rich man. But instead, they ran one more play, and Justin Herbert thought he was a genius and tried to QB sneak it and got absolutely stuffed. Now to the next teaser. We had the Damian Harris overline. He was over 50 yards about halfway through the third quarter and only managed to lose several yards and finished with under 48 and a half yards, making my next teaser hit. And that that was a swing about... about he lost minutes. yards and that's why you lost? Yep, he lost yards, <laughs> which is why he lost. <laughs> that's bad luck. That's how it goes. I'm out like 20 units now. Thanksgiving Day, every single bet hit. That was great. But again... My other player props, like Tyreek Hill, absolutely smashed all of his player props. But it doesn't matter because I tease because I had him in the teaser with the Chargers, so it was it was useless. It was useless, and I hate my life right now. I'm I'm done. I, I'm done ranting. I'm already pissed off enough. No, it's okay. So you said you're out twenty units. Just for reference, what is a unit to you? A unit to me is usually. Uh, currently it's only $10. It was like $25 in the past, but you know, we've had some rough. <laughs> but he's up 10 units, so we are 20 units, so he has to move it down. That's all right. Yep. We'll, we'll stop there because hopefully Kate listens to the show. So, anyway, that's how we'll start our show this week. Now we'll move into our studs and duds portion of this, uh, the show. Just keeping it with the boys this week, no guest. Um, We'll certainly be rolling back with a guest next week, so it'll just be the two of you going back and forth. A lot of wild action this week. Um, some really big performances, which we'll dig into, namely Tyreek Hill, Derek Henry, of course, uh, Will Fuller, but not necessarily stud and dud material because obviously they're already big-name players. This game is for those who 
don't typically perform to this caliber, but did this week. And we're going to rank whether they will do that or not the rest of the season. Um, of course, as always, you'll each have a turn to go first. I have three players. Um, actually, I have four players, so that will make you each go first twice. Um, again, one point for uh, a piece of information that supports your argument. Two points um, for the second person for a new piece of information. Rob, you'll go first here. My first player, um, we've talked about this team um, in regards to injuries a lot and kind of obviously they lose a big name player in Odell Beckham Jr. You know, assuming Jarvis Landry is going to kind of fill that void and that hasn't really been the case up until this week, of course. Um, eight receptions, 143 yards on a touchdown, ends the day with a nice, healthy 28.3 fantasy points in PPR formats. Um, again, I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, but Jarvis Landry stuttered dud the rest of the season. Uh, tough one to start off with here because I've been pretty down on Landry in the past because, you know, as you said, the Odell Beckham Jr. didn't happen last, or the injury didn't happen last week. Had it happened last week and he goes and has this week, I would have said stud for sure. However, um, even against Philadelphia last week, the, uh, the week before, bad week, two, two targets, two receptions, 23 yards, no touchdown. Um, and actually had a rushing attempt, probably an end around of some sort. And then, but that's a, that's a tough defense at times. As bad as Philly is, they're a tough defense at times. I'll allow it. Um, Houston the week before, not a good defense. Uh, five targets, three receptions for 29 yards. Not a lot of yards there for having three um, receptions. And then the, the biggest concern for me and why I'm going to say a dud, and it's something I, I mentioned maybe a couple weeks back with him. I believe this is the first game after the Odell Beckham Jr. injury. If not, it was maybe a week before that. Um, but he had 11 targets against the Las Vegas Raiders and only four receptions. Of course, we can blame um, Baker Mayfield because, you know, there's, he goes through the phases of being, you know, a serviceable quarterback and then being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Uh, so, you know, you could say he overthrew him that many times. However, watching the game, you see Jarvis Landry still has a lot of drops. For how highly regarded he's in the league, he has quite a bit of drops. And that's just something um, I don't think if you're dropping the ball is sustainable. I, I look at Nelson Aguilar uh, last year for the Eagles, you know, had all the potential in the world because they had a bunch of injuries and in wide receiver core drops the ball too many times, loses faith. Um, I just, I don't see him getting this uh, over and over again. So, and with that, again, I think he's going to have a lot more drops and, and a lot less yards. I mean, breaking a hundred yards is amazing, but when you only do that one time all season, it, is it really sustainable? Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. Something actually, I'll let Ty, I'll let Tyler go first. But I like your points there, Tyler. Um, Jarvis Landry started the rest of the season. Before we get into him, let's go over to the Baker Mayfield cycle that we know and love. <clears throat> Usually starts out Baker Mayfield plays like shit. Then they get criticized by the media, and then they go through the underdog mentality where it's like, oh, it's us against the world. All this, all that. Then Baker Mayfield plays an amazing game, usually against a terrible team. Then they call out the doubters. They're like, oh, yeah, we're so good, this and that. And then they go out and play like shit again. So they just had a pretty solid game. It was against the Jags. Not too impressed by it because it was against the Jags. I was expecting a little more, to be honest. But as for Jarvis Landry, I really do believe that he was played uh, when they played Houston and Philadelphia, not only by Baker Mayfield but it was the weather. It was 100% the weather against Houston. The ball was barely thrown. They were just trying to run the ball in. Same thing kind of with Philly. 
if they can get some good weather games, I see some great days for Jarvis Landry, but with the Baker Mayfield cycle in play, it's always risky. So I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a dud altogether here. He's got some good matchups, and one that I'm eyeing specifically is week sixteen against the Jets. When they're gonna go out and play like Baltimore, they're probably gonna play a crap against the Giants, and then they're gonna play amazing against the Jets in the finals of fantasy football playoffs, where I do think Jarvis Landry can have a big day. But he's still a dud in general because you just you can't rely on him to have a big game like he just had every single week. If I am betting on him, which I did this week and I didn't curse him, so I don't know what that does. Usually when I bet on guys, they just they automatically dud. I heard Ben's clicker go off. I wonder if I just got points for that. <laughs> for but, being bad at gambling. <laughs> yeah, for being bad at gambling. That may or bad. that may or may not have been a subtraction, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so Altogether, uh, Jarvis Landry is capable of this. He should be the target machine on that offense. It's just, it's still just a run heavy offense. They run the ball way more than they pass the ball. So a dud for. Yeah, that's fair. I'm looking at his stats here, and it's just super interesting to me because it's not always for. I have him as a dud as well, I think, just, you know, again, given how he's been performing. But. It's not even always for lack of volume. I mean, he had 11 targets this week. Um, He also had 11 targets in week eight against the Raiders, and he got five fantasy points. Um, And I think, Tyler, you talked about that back then, maybe not on the podcast, but I know we were talking about it regardless. I mean, he has multiple games, six, nine, 11, twice for targets, and he's just not making anything out of his production, or excuse me, out of his volume. And this week was his top fantasy performance by double exactly his next best performance. So yeah, I just think it's not there. Um, You know, all right, matchup this week in Tennessee, then they have Baltimore, the Giants, and then the Jets in Pittsburgh, like you said, Tyler. So um, yeah, I'm going to call him a dud there as well. Tyler, I'll go to you here first. Uh, For the next player, I almost want to talk about his quarterback more, but We've talked about this um, receiver core a little bit, an injury concern a couple weeks ago, kind of, um, you know, gave this player a little boost. Um, it's going to be Devontae Parker, obviously, you know, with Tua in, his production dipped, and now Fitzmagic comes back, and he gets 14 targets, eight receptions, 119 yards, no touchdown, um, but his targets are way back up with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center, obviously getting volume that Tua didn't or Tua wasn't giving him. So for Devontae Parker, stutter dud the rest of the season. Oh, that's that's a really close one because I think we're overhyped that it was against the Jets. Uh, if Fitzmagic plays the rest of the season, I'll lean towards stud. As in, he should be in your lineups, but he's not going to have 20-point weeks. Oh, still tough. I, I feel like I want to call him a dud, but I'll, I'll go stud. I think he'll be around the 15-point in PPR weekend and week out. They got a good matchup against Cincinnati. That's a wonderful game for the Dolphins. The one that scares me is week 15 against New England, even though Devontae Parker has had some decent games against New England in the past, and even week 16 against the Raiders. These are all solid matchups besides New England and KC might not be the greatest either, but Miami, they can play football now. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger. They are throwing the ball 
way more than they are running the ball. I wish I had my uh, percentages calculated, but I'm I'm gonna guess around like they throw the ball like sixty five percent of the time, as opposed to the as opposed to running the ball and they could not run the ball with Matt Breida at all and DeAndre Washington. They just couldn't get anything going. Hopefully, Miles Gaskin will be back soon. That may have him run the ball more, but it also may open up the passing game a little bit. I I just don't have a strong feeling about this guy. I like the connection that him and Fitzmagic have together. I just I don't like starting a Miami receiver. He is he's getting enough targets. He had over a hundred yards. This is the second time he's done that this season. You have to be a good player to get over 100 yards on eight catches. He's getting the targets. He's getting the catches. So I'll just I'll just stop talking, and I'll say he's a stud. Okay, fair enough. Um, Rob, I'll go to you here real quick. Devontae Parker, stutter dud the rest of the season. Yeah, I'll go with a stud as well um, for that reason uh, with, a lot, with a lot of what Tyler said with Fitzmagic. Um, even in the games that Tua played, it wasn't that, you know, the targets weren't there in his last four games. He had seven targets, seven targets, nine, and then obviously 14 last week. Um, so the targets are there. Obviously the completions weren't there too. So getting new to the offense. So I think even if two were to come back now, it doesn't automatically make him a dud. Does it make it a little bit harder? I think he'll be better with Fitzmagic, magic. Yes. Um, but I don't think two tips the scale to a dud for Devontae Parker. They do have a nice schedule Bengals next week. And given that it's the Bengals, they might continue to rest Gaskin for another week. Salvan Ahmed for another week. Um, and then that just means the running core is not going to be there. The, they could beat the Bengals just by throwing the ball, um, which is weird to say. Uh, it's kind of weird to be confident in the Dolphins to win the game. Um, even against the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs defense has been susceptible to the past. I, I, I reference back to the game all the time that they played the Chargers earlier in the season. It was one of the first games Justin Herbert played, um, and, he, and he lit the Chiefs up. Um, obviously, the Chiefs compete the entire time, so that's almost a benefit, too. The Chiefs are probably going to stay ahead in that game because I don't think the Dolphins' defense will be able to stop them. Uh, so what that means is that it's going to be a, a gunslinging show. So as much as that, you know, Chiefs is a scarier team, it's, I think there's value there for him. The, the issue does become the Patriots in that schedule, but then they finish the Raiders. So I think there's tons of value for Devontae Parker for the rest of the season. The targets are there. Um, he's doing it without touchdowns, really. I think only four on the season. Um, so for him to be uh, where he is in points uh, for fourth of the season means he's getting a lot of targets, a lot of yards. Uh, when he gets those targets, um, has obviously gone missing in games because he's not a true number one. If he gets like, I, I look at the Rams game against Jalen Ramsey, uh, only had one catch on two targets for three yards. So there is stinker value there. But um, outside the Patriots game, I think there's just tons of value there. And, and I think that reflects um, pretty easily in ESPN. If you look, he's like 89% owned. So I think a lot of people would agree with us that he has stud value and startable value the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think the part I was looking at is kind of like opposite of Jarvis Landry. Uh, Devontae Parker is kind of someone that takes advantage of his opportunity. Week four at Seattle, he had 12 targets, caught 10 of them for 110 yards, ended with 21 fantasy points. Kind of a similar performance to this week and even last week at Denver. Um, six receptions for 61 yards, had a touchdown. So I think um, the volume's there, again, like I kind of mentioned, and Tyler hammered in as well. You know, he plays better with Ryan Fitzpatrick, so, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that situation moving forward, but um, I'll take him as a stud as well just because because of his place on that team. Um, he's just a pure volume guy. 
So <clears throat> head into our third player here, Rob, you'll go first. Um, I did not line it up this way, but it's actually, we were having this conversation earlier today. Um, it's going to be Latavius Murray. Obviously, you know, we've talked, obviously Drew Brees is out. So we have Taysom Hill in that quarterback. Um, Alvin Kamara did not register a catch last week, which is kind of where he finds his bread and butter. Um, only one reception this week, and Latavius Murray obviously took over the ground game. 19 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Um, still had 12 carries last week. Um, the question I'll ask for both of you as well, and I kind of mentioned this to you, Rob, earlier, are they maybe trying to save Kamara to keep him fresh, or do you think there's a bigger issue going on here? So. I guess two questions, stutter dud, and then what's up with Kamara? Uh, I'll go dud because I don't – It again, this was a beat-up Denver team that threw – or completed one pass, I think went one for ninth in the passing game. So they weren't on the field very much. The offense was on the field. There was tons of opportunity to run. Um, one thing you said is like what, the question on are they fading Kamara out just for now, obviously get to the playoffs. They're already the number one seed. Only use Kamara in games that you kind of uh, – are struggling to win the game. If it's going to be a close game, I, I, I look at maybe the KC game coming up and even Minnesota, Minnesota could give them a game um, at, in week 16, uh, but they have Atlanta and Philly over the next two weeks, which is probably the two weeks that's going to take Drew Brees to heal. So Drew Brees could be back for that chiefs game. Um, but they really aren't facing out Kamara. Kamara had 11 attempts for 54 yards. The reason it looks bad is because his fantasy value isn't there when he's not catching the ball. He only had the one reception um, on two targets, and one of them was like the, that screen that got thrown to his feet, just just to kind of avoid the um, intentional grounding call. Kamara only has over he he only got over fifteen rushes in a game one time this season. That was against Detroit uh, with nineteen. So it's not like they're really fading Kamara out of the run game. They just were up thirty. They they won thirty one to three against a team that didn't have a quarterback. They they had the opportunity to to run as much as they want. They didn't have to throw this game. So Atlanta has been playing better. That that's a high-powered offense, even against the good Saints defense. So if that game's closer, I expect to see more throws, less Latavius Murray um, running it. They're not going to have a combined what thirty rushes. We said nineteen and 11, yeah, eleven is thirty rushes. I don't see them rushing the ball thirty times a game. So without that, Kamara still got his. And then because there was extras, they gave it to Latavius Murray. And to be fair to Latavius Murray, he is maybe the best handcuff in the league because you saw what he could do when he got into the open field. There, he made a guy miss and got the touchdown. So. You know, if they dominate a game, maybe the Philadelphia game, there's value there to start um, in occasions. But I, I'd be so afraid to start them every week because the odds of two running backs doing well um, is, is very slim, even with a good team like this. So I'm going to say dud on that. However, they're startable weeks, and I think he should still be owned in every week because the second they say, like, the second they lock up that one seed, Kamara's probably sitting and Latavius Murray's going to eat. So there is va- there could be value there in that scenario, but I'm going to say dud overall. Yeah, I think that's uh, fair and kind of the same points you made earlier today. Tyler, I'll let you go here. Latavius Murray stutter dud the rest of the season. I'm definitely going dud crazy as well, Ben. I do think that he has a small standalone value, even with Kamara in the lineup, but I do believe he is mainly a handcuff. Now that me and Rob just called him a dud, he's Obviously, they're going to announce Alvin Kamara has some crazy injury that we didn't know about, and he's going to be a monster in these playoffs. But as of right now, I don't see that happening. I don't really like the next couple of matchups in Atlanta and Philadelphia. Their run defenses have been better. KC, I don't like that either. The one matchup that I'm eyeing is against Minnesota. 
Minnesota does play the Saints. They do play the Saints fairly decently, but their run defense is not good, and this could be a game that the Saints do get up early, and they can afford to run the ball with Latavius Murray like they did against Denver. I mean, Latavius Murray had 19 rushes to Alvin Kamara's 11, but it's not like Kamara was not efficient. Kamara was averaging just under uh, five yards per carry, which for a running back, that's just fine. I I do think they're saving Kamara. They're still kind of keeping him fresh, but he's still got double-digit carries, a couple targets here and there. And the one thing that kills me for Latavius Murray is Drew Brees' health. If he does come back in the next couple of weeks, I don't think you can start Latavius Murray until he's back because I do think in close games, Taysom Hill is going to be that goal linebacker. Whether the play is designed for Taysom Hill or Latavius Murray, I think it doesn't matter. I think Taysom Hill is going to see something at the line of scrimmage, try an audible, try and get the glory. They love using Taysom Hill around the goal line. And I wouldn't be shocked if Taysom Hill gets a lot more playing time, even when Drew Brees is injured in the regular season. I could see them going up early in the game with Drew Brees in the lineup and then switching over to Taysom Hill like halfway through the third quarter and putting him as a goal line back. I just, I truly think that Latavius Murray is probably the best handcuff in the league, maybe even better than Kareem Hunt, but he's still a dud because he is, he is a handcuff. Yeah, I, I have him as a dud as well. Obviously, I'm a, I'm big on handcuffs and having insurance policies, especially going into the playoffs. He's obviously one of the best, if not the best. Um, obviously, like you said, Kareem Hunt's in the conversation, but he kind of has standalone value on his own. Um, so that's how I feel about that. Last player here, Tyler, you'll go first to take this over. Um, I needs no introduction in my opinion i mean this is kind of you know straightforward as it gets tyler will fuller stutter dud the rest of the season um i'm gonna go stud because he's all roided up now um he'll appeal it he'll win because the nfl doesn't make sense and definitely gonna be i I forgot i don't mean to interrupt i forgot to say there's a 15 second time limit on this player, but go ahead, finish right. up. Uh, that I was going to say that's all it. I think he's going to win his appeal and he's still going to be, you know, I just want to assume that it's some crazy steroids that he's on, even though it's probably something small. Revenge tour. All right, Rob, Will Fuller stuttered the rest of the season. Stud because if I win this week, it's because of him. Okay. I, that's a five-point play right there, in my opinion. Um, no, I did not count that player in the scoring, obviously. Tyler wanted to talk about him because Tyler likes to talk about all the weird stuff that goes on in the NFL. Um, it was close for a while. Tyler took it by one point with his Latavius Murray um, analysis. So, Tyler, congrats. Stud and, studs and duds this week will go your direction. Unfair. He got to go second hey, twice and get more whoa, points. Whoa, Rob, what do you mean? Big team win. Big team Big win. team win. Yeah, we both won. We're both winners tonight. <laughs> All right. So now we'll go into our game reviews from this past week. Obviously, a lot of good games, some Thanksgiving actions, some games postponed, one still postponed. Um, still unsure if that'll even be played. First game we'll dig into Texans at the Lions. Texas, ta- or, excuse me, Texans take this one on the road 41 at 25. Deshaun Watson looked great. I know we've talked about him a lot. 318 yards and four touchdowns. 
two to Will Fuller, <clears throat> take them off, and one to Duke Johnson, one to CJ Procise. They're the Lions. Matthew Stafford, 295 yards and a touchdown. Adrian Peterson filling in for um, DeAndre Swift, not playing this week, gets two touchdowns on the ground. Not a whole lot going through the air. TJ Hawkinson, dead of 89 yards. Mohamed Sanu, new to the squad, got his first touchdown. Um, Rob, kind of take me through this game. Are you surprised? Obviously, like I said, we've talked about Deshaun Watson improving. Um, and any other thoughts you have on this game? Uh, the Lions are very bad, but Deshaun Watson is good. I'll, I'll let Deshaun Watson have that. He is very good. It's going to be interesting to see what happens now. Um, you know, missing half their team. Kenny Stills gets cut. Um, actually clears waivers, so no one wants Kenny Stills. So he might actually might even you know he might come back to the Texans at this point. Uh, they're going to lose Will Fuller, so that's going to make it interesting. Uh, you have Brandon Cooks, who you know staying healthy is a problem, and then next you have Kiki Kuti. Kuti. Uh, so I have no clue what the, what's going to happen with the Texans from here, but it just proves the Lions are very bad. Um, tough, tough game for them. Obviously, you know it's Thanksgiving. The Lions lose on Thanksgiving. That is the one thing we've known in our lives. Uh, so it was kind of expected to see, um, but yeah, no, what an incredible game from Houston. Will Fuller having a, a career day and then, you know, getting suspended for the rest of the season plus one week next season because he can sign with a new team next year. So he will be suspended for his next, his first game of the next season, unless the Texans somehow win out and make the playoffs, which I don't think is even possible. Yeah, really impressive run by the Texans going on here. Obviously beat the Patriots last week, Lions this week, not as surprising, but Definitely keep an eye on them moving forward. Next game I want to dig into is the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. Football team takes this one on the road, 41-16. to Alex Smith, 149 yards and a touchdown. Um, big story, though, Antonio Gibson with a huge week, 20 carries, 115 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Logan Thomas had the one receiving touchdown through the air. For the Cowboys, not as much to write home about. Um, Andy Dalton, 215 yards and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott held to a minuscule 32 yards. His um, concerns continue. Amari Cooper was able to find a good um, fantasy outing in this game. Six receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. Um, Tyler, talk to me about this game. For the football team, obviously, you know, a really, really big day for Antonio Gibson and his rookie campaign, really making a name for himself. Um, for the Cowboys, Andy Dalton back, but the woe still continues. So what's what's ahead for them? And um, just run me through this game. Yeah, I'll start with the Cowboys first because I feel like there's not as much to talk about. But it seems like Andy Dalton and Amari Cooper have a good connection now. Amari Cooper, he only had six catches, but he got the big touchdown. He had a big play. He should have had another big play too where he got uh, pass interfered with from the defender. He had him clean beat. Andy Dalton made a good toss, but obviously it was just pass interference, and he had he was held and had no chance of getting to the ball. So he did burn whoever was covering him, whichever Washington cornerback was covering him. I know they switched it up a bit that game, but they couldn't really stop him. So if he can salvage wide receiver, low-end wide receiver one numbers, that would be amazing. I definitely think he's more of a you know kind of low-end, mid-tier wide receiver two because this was one of the matchups I was waiting to see how we would play against those corners, and he did just fine. Ezekiel Edela, on the other hand, a guy that everyone else had as a stud and I had as a dud, this was one of the tougher matchups, and he did exactly that. I think in matchups like this, we didn't see this game being a blowout, and it turned out to be a blowout. 
Zeke could have some worse days ahead, but he's still capable of being the guy that gets the ball 20 times and produces 25 fantasy points. So he still has to stay in your lineups, obviously. And then on the Washington side of the ball, a standard day for Terry McLaurin. He produced 92 yards on seven catches. And Antonio Gibson is an absolute stud. I absolutely love this guy. I'm honestly very disappointed that he had this big of a day because now he is on everybody's radar. He's moving up everybody's draft list. This is a guy that I'm hopefully way too ahead of myself targeting in next year's draft, hoping that he would fall a little bit. But as a rookie, he is so impressive. He's amazing running the ball. This Washington team is getting better and better as they play together. And to be quite honest, Antonio Gibson hasn't gotten the ball enough. I think he's going to get the ball a lot more. In college, he even lined up in the slot here and there. So he has he has the capability to become a great receiving back as well, and they've really underutilized him as a receiver so far this year. And he had five catches this game, which is good, but I think he could even get more. I'm so excited to see what he can produce rest of the season and next season. So he's a guy that I'm already targeting for next year. Love it. Can't wait to get our off-season analysis of your draft board. We'll look for him to be on there. Next game I want to dig into is the Chargers at the Bills. Bills take this one 27-17 at home. Justin Herbert, 316 yards and a touchdown. Um, The return of Austin Eckler, of course. Um, Decent volume out of him, especially in the receiving game. 11 receptions for 85 yards on the receiving end. Did have 14 carries for 44 yards. Joshua Kelly did put home the one um, rushing touchdown the Chargers got on the day. For the Bills, Josh Allen, 157 yards and a touchdown. Um, his concerns kind of continue here. Did have the uh, the rushing touchdown as well for Devin Singletary, led the backfield, I guess you could say, with 11 carries and 82 yards. Um, outside of that, you know, not a whole lot going on in this game. Rob, kind of run me through this game. I know we've talked about Josh Allen a lot. He's your quarterback. Um, so obviously, you know, the Chargers defense, not horrible, but not one of the greats either. So give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, that second half was a weird one. That The first half, Josh Allen was having an incredible day. I think most of his yards um, were from the first half. Obviously, in the second half, fumbles and throws a pick. And then, you know, Herbert has two fumbles. Uh, neither, neither of them lost, of course. But um and then Herbert as well threw a pick. There were so many turnovers in the second half that the you know the clock just kept spinning. Like the the ticker that shows what who has the ball just keeps spinning around in circles. Um, so it was a weird game. You know, Cole Beasley throws a touchdown that that again maybe makes it a little bit weirder there. Uh, but I, I'm not necessarily worried. I mean, we kind of expected it for this back half of the season for um Josh Allen. The schedule doesn't get any friendlier, of course. Then the Chargers. Herbert still has a good day even with the pick. Um, my biggest thing is obviously Eckler coming back. Good for me. And this, if this is the game that he has when he's just coming back healthy, it's only going to get better. Um, even against, I mean, the Bills are a better defense. They're worse than they were last year, but they're a better defense in terms of the grand scheme of the NFL. So a really good day from them. Um, and Keenan Allen still got his, even with a bad day, still getting a touchdown. So I think fantasy-wise, everyone's pretty happy, obviously, except Josh Allen. Um, and then... Yeah, even if you've taken the punt on Justin Herbert and spent a bunch of money for him to be your starting quarterback, he's proved it against some better defenses. So that's always good um, for the rest of the season going forward. Yeah, I agree. I think 
I was just going to talk about the defense as well because they obviously held Justin Herbert, um, but you kind of alluded to that pretty well, so I'll, I'll leave that as it is. Next game I want to dig into is the Titans at the Colts. Really surprising game here. Titans take this one 45-26. For the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, 221 yards and a touchdown. Big story, as we talked about earlier, Derek, or as I mentioned earlier, Derek Henry, massive 27 carries, 178 yards and three touchdowns. Like most of that came in the first half, um, which was just amazing to watch. Um, Ryan Tannehill had the, a rushing touchdown as well. A.J. Brown, four receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown. Corey Davis also getting involved for 70 yards. For the Colts, um, Phillip Rivers, 295 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Jacoby Brissett had two rushing touchdowns, which was kind of funny to see him out there getting those two rushing touchdowns for three yards. Um, T.Y. Hilton registered his first touchdown of the season, which is – um, great, but sad, you know, obviously he's been a big name in the past. Um, did that on 81 yards, Trey Burton caught a touchdown as well. Um, Tyler, take me through this game. Obviously the surprising thing for me is the Colts have been one of the better defenses this year. And then they surrendered 45 points to the, um, to the Titans. Is it more that the Colts had a bad game or are the Titans really starting to ramp things up and showing the rest of the AFC? Like, Hey, we're here for the playoffs. Like we're coming back. I think it's a bit of both. I definitely think the Titans' offense is almost as good as they come in the NFL. They've had no issues on offense. Their issue has been the defense. And then on the Colts' side, you know, it's a divisional game. You expect it to be a little bit tighter, and that was just not the case. But good on me for predicting a big old revenge game in last week's picks. I said it. Self-credit. Whatever. Titans absolutely blew them out of the water. They were all over the place. Derrick Henry couldn't be stopped. And as for the pass catchers for the Titans, I think we're just going to kind of have to take this boomer bust from A.J. Brown. He only had four catches, but he managed 98 yards and a touchdown, which is awesome. And Corey Davis only had three catches for 70 yards. And then Tannehill only threw the ball 22 times. So not a lot of pass catching volume for either of them, but they are they should be regarded as boomer bust guys and then nobody on the ground for the Colts since they were playing from behind. We didn't get to see who was going to be the starter with Jonathan Taylor out. It, I think it is Naheem Hines because he did have more rushes than Wilkins. I know Wilkins got banged up a little bit, but neither of them are the goal line back because apparently Jacoby Brissett is with those two touchdowns. Good for T.Y. Hilton for posting a decent line of 84 yards or 81 yards and a touchdown, but I don't think he's worthy of starting. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think your analysis there is fair. Um, monitor that moving forward. Next game I want to dig into is the Panthers at the Vikings. Vikings take this one at home, 28-27, narrow margin. For the Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater, 267 yards and a touchdown. Not a ton going on the ground. Mike Davis obviously leading with 15 carries on 55 yards. Really good day for Robbie Anderson, um, four receptions, 94 yards and a touchdown. Curtis Samuel also 72 yards receiving as well. Um, on the Vikings side, Kirk Cousins, 307 yards and three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, a fairly quiet day, um, 18 carries on 61 yards. Did leave the game for some time, but it seems as if it's nothing serious, which is obviously good to hear given that great of a caliber player. Um Justin Jefferson, seven receptions on 70 yards and two touchdowns. Um, no Adam Thielen, of course, on the COVID list this week. Um, 
Rob, for this game, obviously, you know, Adam Thielen being out, Justin Jefferson kind of slides into that wide receiver one role, and you expect to lean on Dalvin Cook more as well. You know, he leaves the game for a little bit, you know, luckily not injured. Vikings still pull this out. So kind of run me through your thoughts for this game. Yeah, this was a Kirk Cousins had to go out and win game, and he did. I mean, they were down, made the comeback to win the game at the at the end. Uh, Chad BB had a big drop, um, and then, you know, gets a game-winning touchdown. but. Listen to these stats for the receivers. Bissy Johnson, seven receptions for 74 yards. Justin Jefferson, seven receptions, 70 yards. Kyle Rudolph, seven receptions, 68 yards. And Chad Beebe, seven receptions, 63 yards. That is, what, 28 receptions across four players um, for, you know, almost 300 yards, like 280-something yards or 270-something yards. So that is uh, an amazing game. And and you have to imagine that if Thielen's there, obviously he just takes the place of one of the four, probably Beebe, if I had to guess. Um, so I think this offense in, in Minnesota, we've said it all year is, you know, they're, they're five and six, um, not a good record, but a very good offense to have, even with Dalvin Cook's slow day, you know, still got 18 carries, um, like you said, got injured. So maybe wasn't as effective with those carries still had four catches for 21 yards. So that's an extra six points, um, that you, you normally wouldn't have had, um, even with Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's been more involved in the passing in this year, which has been why he's had such nice fantasy value. So I think there's a ton of value there going around. Um, and then for Panthers, it just continues to be a case of will all the receivers be good? Who will be good? And it's just impossible to make up. Obviously, Robbie Anderson had the day today. Curtis Samuels had it in the past, like you said. DJ Morris had it. Um, I and again, they just become so unpredictable uh, that it, it's it's hard to keep up with. But still, a good day from really all three of them in terms of where you kind of expect them to be fantasy wise. Uh, there is no like bad game for like you know if you're starting DJ Morris by necessity, it wasn't because you really wanted to, um, and he still put up you know. 10.1 points so again not a not a horrible day uh for any of the people involved in this matchup um and it's good to see teddy back uh and playing yeah and of course no christian mccaffrey again um haven't you know today is only monday so we haven't heard anything on his week 13 status we'll definitely monitor that as the week goes on um you know it's kind of evident that they're missing him so we'll see if he'll be back in action Next game I want to dig into is the Browns at the Jaguars. Browns take this one on the road, 27-25. Baker Mayfield, 258 yards and two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, um, second game back, another great performance. 19 carries, 144 yards and a touchdown. Um, a healthy 7.6 yards per carry, which is you know really good to see in the NFL nowadays. On the receiving end, obviously, we talked about Jarvis Landry, eight receptions, 143 yards and a touchdown. Austin Hooper, um, the new tight end this year, obviously had the other receiving touchdown on the Jaguar side. We had Mike Lennon in this week, 235 yards and two touchdowns. Um, not a terrible performance out of him. Um, James Robinson, though, obviously, as expected with a new quarterback in, um, had a lot of volume, 22 carries, 128 yards and a touchdown. Colin Johnson did have a receiving touchdown on 96 yards, so some good production out of him. Um, Tyler, I feel like this game was kind of wonky with, you know, the quarterback, um, change for the Jaguars and then Colin Johnson leading the wide receiver core, which, you know, you never would have really guessed. Um, I know you obviously dug into, um, Jarvis Landry and the Baker Mayfield rotation below. So kind of give me the rest of your thoughts on this game. Yeah. To me, uh, DJ Chark was kind of announced out late in the week. I don't think Colin Johnson is going to have any fantasy value whatsoever. I think just kind of a throwing game from Mike Glennon. I don't think you can count on him versus 
good defenses whatsoever. He played solid against the Browns defense, but he's been a backup QB for his whole career, so I'm not taking anything out of that. And then James Robinson, he's a stud. He's in the talkings for fantasy MVP. He should be, and it's just good to see him get a little more involved in the pass. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the passing game here with five catches, that's what we want to see because they are going to be playing from behind a lot if he can keep getting involved in the passing game more than any other running back on the team, which he should. He could be a stud the rest of the season and can't say enough good things about the guy. And Baker Mayfield just played good, so watch out for him to play bad. Yeah, of course. And obviously, like we said, the Browns narrowly squeaked this one out on the road. Um, so definitely a lot to monitor for both teams moving forward here in the next couple of weeks. Um, next game I want to dig into is the Giants at the Bengals. Giants take this one on the road, 19-17. to 17. Daniel Jones, 213 yards, no touchdown. Um, did sustain some sort of injury during the game. I was monitoring the news today. It doesn't seem like it was super severe. There was no fracture, but I think they're expecting him to miss some time. Um, Wayne Gallman, uh, so obviously Colt McCoy came into the game later in the game. Wayne Gallman on the ground, leading the backfield, 24 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Evan Ingram, welcome back to fantasy relevancy, maybe. Rob, I'll let you dig into this, but six receptions for 129 yards, no touchdown, but a massive day nonetheless. On the Bengals side, we have Brandon Allen in this week, obviously no Joe Burrow, 136 yards and a touchdown. Um, no Joe Mixon again this week, so Giovanni Bernard will lead the backfield. Only eight carries for 32 yards, not a lot going on there. Um, T. Higgins had the lone receiving touchdown on the day. This game was kind of, you know, low scoring, a little slower to watch, Rob. So kind of take me through your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I think you can sum it up with it. At one point in the game, it was Colt McCoy versus Brandon Allen. Um, so that, that never helps the situation. Kind of what we feared with the Bengals uh, receivers is that there wasn't enough value there for multiple of them, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and T Higgins. Obviously T Higgins still had a fine day, um, but he'd be probably one that never got started this week. Uh, if you're a start at the three, Tyler Boyd did not have a good day. So Brandon Allen, you know, he, he could get better as the season goes on. There's nothing to lose for him. They're going to sling the ball probably again, because they're at two, eight and one. If anything with, with Joe Burrow out till next year, they might as well go for a high pick. Um, you know, maybe build him an offensive line that can block so he doesn't get hit again like that. Um, so, you know, this might be good for them, and they might just start slinging the ball, especially with the Joe Mixon injuries again. What's the point of rushing him back just to get injured or, like, just to risk injury again? Like, why not just, like, leave Gio Bar- Giovanni Bernard out for the rest of the year, come back, Joe Mixon healthy, um, Joe Burrow healthy, you got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, um, and then maybe move on from A.J. Green, of course, in the offseason. But, you know, I, I don't see why the Bengals don't just continue to just sling the ball like they kind kind of did today you know they didn't they only ran it eight times with bernard so um i think they just continue to do that for the season so maybe you could sneak in some fantasy value out of the receivers just sheer volume um and hope they just get a lot of catches uh for the giants wayne gallman actually a very good day so maybe he's the answer going forward for the rest of the season for them um maybe add a little stability to that backfield that no one's wanted to touch since barkley went down um hopefully daniel jones isn't out for any time more than a week because the Giants' offense is bad enough. I think he some, somewhat salvages it. You know, Evan Ingram has been good since he fixed the case of the drops, uh, which is what really kept him out of fantasy value. He was he he just dropped the ball quite a bit um, at the start of the season. And I no, I don't expect him to do this again. But it was a good week. Uh, the biggest surprise there was Darius Slayton uh, not recording a single catch, only having two targets. Um, that was someone that you know some people were maybe starting this matchup because the Bengals' defense is bad. The game the Giants should have won and did win. 
for so for Darius Slayton to have nothing going for him was is tough. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, maybe Evan Ingram gets some fancy value, but again, if um, Daniel Jones is out, I don't see anything. Yeah, I was just going to say, all depends on Daniel Jones moving forward. Um, obviously, wish the best for him, so we'll monitor his progress. Next game I want to talk about is the Cardinals at the Patriots, our hometown game. Patriots narrowly take this one at the end of the game, 20-17. to 17. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, 170 yards, no touchdowns. Um, I think it was his lowest performance of the year. Kenyon Drake did somewhat make up for it, 22 carries for 78 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Definitely bouncing back in a big way from the way he started the season, but I'm not completely sold, so we'll see how he can do the next couple of weeks. DeAndre Hopkins, five receptions for 55 yards. Um, you know, mediocre performance from him at best. For the uh, for the Patriots, Cam Newton only threw for 84 yards, no touchdowns. Um, so obviously still a lot of frustration out of him. Um, we also didn't have, really have any rushing work out of him this week. Only nine carries for 46 yards. Um, James White was kind of the name to own, I guess, this week. Five carries, 18 yards, did have two touchdowns. Um, not much going through the air as well. I mean, Jacoby Myers led it again, five receptions on 52 yards. So, Tyler, I mean, obviously, you know, given the Patriots' defense, I guess we can be not so surprised. But I thought this game was going to be a lot higher scoring. Obviously, I expected more out of the Cardinals. Um, you know, a little bias given my fantasy team, but it is the Patriots. Obviously there are, you know, there are hometown teams. So kind of take me through your thoughts on this game. Yeah. To me, this game went exactly as I expected to be on, uh, the Pats run defense hasn't been so good this year. They've, they are the weak spot in the offense. The secondary also hasn't been that good, but I was just kind of waiting for that to pick up and, and Stefan Gilmore played pretty, pretty good, uh, Played against DeAndre Hopkins all game. He did have a couple grabs and holds there to limit DeAndre Hopkins, but it wasn't didn't really prevent any big plays from happening. Usually on like five or ten yard plays, so there are definitely going to be better days ahead for DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray as well. The Pats did a very good job game planning for him, neutralizing him. I don't think other teams are going to be able to copy their blueprint, so no worries for. Somebody that has a chance to finish as QB1 this year. And Kyle Murray is awesome. And on the other side of the ball, Cam Newton only threw the ball 18 times. So that's really starting to kill Jacoby Myers' value and whatnot. And even like you said, James White had the two rushing touchdowns. His value should be through the air, but he only had one catch for negative one yards. I think Damian Harris is the go-to guy. Definitely scares me a lot to see James White in there on the goal line, getting the goal line touches. That would have been the last thing that I guess, but I guess they like to have a utility guy around the end zone. And I'm shocked Cam Newton didn't get a rushing touchdown. I know they tried to run the ball with him a lot here and there. Just just some QB sneaks, but I want to believe that James White and Damian Harris can both have fantasy value, but James White still just isn't getting the ball enough. He had the touchdown. If, if Damian Harris has a true chance to become the number one running back, but I don't think he will take over, he's still my preferred guy to own on that team. I think I still think James White's time is coming, um, or maybe not, just because of the way Cam Newton's playing. But you know, I have a lot of um, memories of him in, through the playoffs last year. 
Um, and he obviously performed very well. So, you know, hopefully for our sake, you know, the Patriots figure it out. Cam Newton gets back to form and he uses all his assets, but we'll have to see what happens with that moving forward. Next game I want to talk about is the Dolphins at the Jets. Dolphins take this one um, on the road 20-3. to We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick back behind the helm this week, 257 yards and two touchdowns. Um, obviously, we talked about Devontae Parker, eight receptions for 119 yards. Mike, Des- uh, Mike Gesicki did have one of the receiving touchdowns, as well as Adam Shaheen. Um, for the Jets, Sam Darnold, 197 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Frank Gore led the backfield this week, 18 carries for 74 yards. Prashad Perriman, decent day on the receiving end, I guess, four receptions, 79 yards. Denzel Mims, 67 yards as well. Um, Rob, about how you'd expect this game to go. Obviously, the Dolphins' defense needed after the you know whooping they took last week. They took care of the Jets this week, which I guess is not – too surprising, given that it's the Jets and then they're now 0-11. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have much more you want to add to this game, or I'll just, I guess I'll let you take it over. Uh, the only thing I'll add is maybe the Jets, the commitment to the run, um, even though they were, you know, lost 20-3 to and, and, and were down 13-3 thir- uh, to at halftime and stuff like that. They committed to the run still. Frank Gore still had a nice day. Um, but yeah, no, nothing surprising. Uh, hopefully the Dolphins, the Dolphins are still a very solid team and you know, can only get healthier uh, with their running back situation. So be interesting to see how they do going forward because as they should be a playoff team as of now. Yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, it's something we're not used to seeing over the years, you know, certainly for the last couple of decades. So it's, um, you know, it's cool. I guess it's, you know, good for them is all I'll say. Next game I want to dig into is the Raiders at the Falcons. Falcons take this one at home 43 to six. Um, I'll start with the Raiders first. Derek Carr, 215 yards, no touchdown. Um, really a quiet day for everybody. Josh Jacobs rushed seven times for 27 yards. Hunter Renfro, 73 yards through the air. Um, Ruggs and Aguilar had their volume as well. But for the Falcons, I feel like they returned to their high-powered offense that we've known. Um, Matt Ryan, 185 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Calvin Ridley, six receptions, 50 yards and a touchdown. And then Brandon Powell as well. We're getting one of the touchdowns, you know, no Todd Gurley in this game. So Ito Smith led the backfield, 12 carries, 65 yards and a touchdown. Tyler, talk me through this game. I feel like, you know, even though it was so high scoring, the points were spread out and it didn't, you know, really come from any one area. Um, and for the Raiders, obviously kind of a surprising performance out of them, especially given the Falcons defense. So Share with me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, and for the Falcons side, pretty good day for the big boys. Julio Jones was a late addition to the injury report. He was announced out. This offense is way better with him in, but it's good to see Calvin Ridley still find the end zone. The Falcons were kind of going for it on fourth down. They went for it a couple times, and they were successful. They are still a great offense. I think Todd Gurley is the starter, but... If you're looking for other guys outside of that, I would prefer Brian Hill over Edo Smith. Um, Hill only had one more carry than Smith, but Smith got the touchdown, which is huge. They've used Brian Hill with Todd Gurley, which is why I'm leaning more towards him. I'm, I love this offense with Julio Jones in it. Without him in it, I really only like Calvin Ridley. I wouldn't start Matt Ryan if he doesn't have both of them. And then on the Raiders' side, this was... I'll apologize for Derek Carr. 
on behalf of him to everyone because this was a matchup that a ton of people should have streamed him in. And he absolutely laid a goose egg. He had the 215 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, and he had a couple fumbles as well. He played absolutely terrible. The Falcons had a great game plan for the Raiders. I don't know what happened. Derek Carr went to being a superstar quarterback against the Kansas City Chiefs, looking like a genius, knowing every single knowing where every single defender was at every moment in time, and then plays the Falcons, a terrible defense, and does absolutely nothing. It made no sense here. Josh Jacobs as well got off to a slow start and got banged up a bit. Uh, tough to kind of tell what this injury is right now. They're saying it's not as – they said it was going to be serious, and then they said now it's not as serious. So who knows what that is. Hopefully he doesn't miss any time with that. If he does, definitely pick up Devontae Booker. He should be slotted into lineups because he's a pretty solid handcuff. He's a good pass catcher for PPR leagues as well. And then no one I'm looking to start now and for these uh, Raiders receivers since they just kind of tossed up a dud against the uh, the Falcons. No one found the end zone. Again, decent days for Renfro and Aguilar they, and Ruggs, I guess, but just not enough value there for me. They Renfro had 73 yards, Aguilar 54, Ruggs 56. It's nothing that impressive. And Waller's kind of slowing down a bit. I I had him predicted for one of the top tight ends, and he's he's had some rough games lately. So I'm hoping he will bounce back. I do think he will bounce back because I think he should be the pass catcher in this offense. Yeah, I was also obviously on the Derek Carr train. You know, I predicted him way back, and he made me look good until this week. Um, we'll chalk him and Waller up to just a bad game. Um, just didn't go in their favor and hopefully they can both bounce back next week. Next game I want to talk about is the saints at the Broncos saints. Take this one handily on the road, 31 to three for the saints, Taysom Hill, 78 yards, no touchdowns. Obviously we talked about Latavius Murray, 19 carries 124 yards and two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, of course, still involved 11 carries 54 yards. Also, in, as we said, had the one reception. Michael Thomas, four receptions for 50 yards. So, you know, that's really all there is to say. Not a lot going on in the air game. For the Broncos, I mean, we kind of saw what was going on with this QB situation. You know, their starting quarterback and all their backups either tested positive or were deemed close contact. So they pulled a wide receiver from their practice squad, Kendall Hinton, who played for, <coughs> excuse me, Wade. Wake Forest in college at quarterback came in through for 13 yards, two interceptions. I mean, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta give respect um, for the position. He came off the practice squad, was not expecting to play at all, and you know, came up and you know, I'm sure played his hardest. So we gotta give him that. He only made run one reception to Noah Fant. They went for 13 yards. So obviously the Broncos didn't, you know, didn't make much noise in this game. Rob kind of talked to me about this. You know, we obviously already talked about Latavius Murray, but share me any other thoughts you have. Yeah, I mean, the for the Saints, like I wouldn't read into Michael Thomas having a down week or Emmanuel Sanders having a down week. They won the game thirty-one to three, and Taysom Hill completed nine passes for less than a hundred yards and didn't throw for a single touchdown. I don't think there's any concern there for the Saints offense going forward. Taysom Hill showed last week. You know, we could throw in enough to keep the receivers um, as fantasy plays. Again, really, Michael Thomas is the only receiver fantasy play because the other receiver is usually Alvin Kamara. Um, so I, I, I still think there's value there. Again, they didn't have to 
get tricky with it. They 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 could go out and beat the Broncos because the Broncos completed one pass all game. Um, they knew they had the win in the bag, and so I don't I'm, I don't read too much into this. It was a very nice day for Latavius Murray because they were, uh, could afford to run it. As as a team, they ran it 44 times, um, and they only passed it 16 times. So that kind of explains the game there. So I wouldn't read too much into it for the Saints, who you know continues to be the number one seed in the NFC. So that's good for them. Yep. For the next game I want to dig into is the 49ers at the Rams. 49ers take this one on the road, 23-20. to 20. Nick Mullins behind the helm, 252 yards, no touchdowns. Raheem Mostert back in the lineup, of course, 16 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Um, big game for Debo Samuel as well, 11 receptions, 133 yards, no touchdown, but um, really good volume out of him, of course. For the Rams, Jared Goff, 198 yards, zero touchdowns, um, just continuing to look worse and worse every week. On the ground, Cam Akers had a rushing touchdown, kind of led the backfield, I guess, in yards with 84. Robert Woods, seven receptions for 80 yards as well through the air. Um, you know, outside of that, not a lot to write home about here either. Tyler, kind of walk me through this game here. Yeah, Nick, Nick Mullins played pretty solid. I know he had the interception, but he threw for 250 yards, and the offense looked pretty fluent altogether. Raheem Mostert comes back, and he gets the majority of the carries and the touchdown, which is awesome. The owners, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., still involved in the offense, but definitely Mostert, the clear lead back there, and Debo Samuels getting all the targets and all the catches from Nick Mullins, so he could be a legit fantasy starter. I don't expect many big days like this, but Debo Samuel is very talented, so he could prove me wrong here. And then on the Rams side of the ball, I have no faith in Jared Goff. I don't like him as a quarterback, but he does have some great days. But he just he has those days where he is just an absolute no-show. Yeah, the San Francisco defense is good, but that's no excuse for playing that bad. And Cam Akers is definitely not a guy I'm keeping an eye on here, because he produced very well this game. Nine rushes, 84 yards, and he got the touchdown. So he's the rookie in that offense. If there was one player that could become the true bell cow, it is him. I know Sean McVay loves to be a pain and throw out three running backs all the time. I just really hope that there is a universe out there where Cam Akers becomes the bell cow for that team, but I don't see it happening. And then Cooper Cup fell back to earth, and same with Robert Woods. Woods still managed a decent day, and Cup was the victim of Goff's poor quarterbacking play, so there are better days ahead for those guys. And nothing much more to add about this game. It was a tough divisional game. Both teams played their hardest, and I'm kind of shocked to see the 49ers win this one. Yeah, I am as well, especially given how the Rams' defense played last week. So um, monitor that into next week for sure. Next game I want to talk about is the Chiefs at the Buccaneers. Chiefs take this one on the road, 27-24. Patrick Mahomes, another, I mean, career day, 462 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Tyreek Hill, I guess, is an even bigger story, who I mentioned at the beginning of the show, 13 receptions, 269 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that's just not performances that you see too often anymore, so great on him. I mean, most of that came on the first quarter which is even more amazing to see. Um, Travis Kelsey still, you know, got some production, eight receptions on 82 yards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire kept fairly quiet, 11 carries on 37 yards. 
For the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, also a strong performance, 345 yards and three touchdowns. Um, two of them going to Mike Evans, the other to Ronald Jones. Um, Ronald Jones also leads the backfield with nine carries and 66 yards. Rob, for this game, I feel like, you know, not too surprising given the defensive performances and obviously the offensive superpowers here. Um, so kind of talk me through this game. I think the final score wasn't surprising, but kind of how we got there was a little weird. Uh, obviously, like you said, Tyreek Hill did most of his work in the first quarter and beginning of second quarter. So, I mean, to have, you know, that kind of day and then finish with only 27 points is kind of crazy from the Chiefs. They almost threw it away at the end, only scoring seven points in the second half, while Tampa Bay went for 17 points in the second half. Um, but what it did, what that did is it did save the day um, for Tampa Bay receivers. Godwin, still a good start, you know, with eight receptions, 97 yards. Mike Evans getting both touchdowns was a very good start. Gronk, I know a lot of people bought into him a couple weeks ago, as, as did we on the pod, that, you know, the better his relationship gets with Brady again, uh, the better it's for him. He has a huge day. Um, Travis Kelsey still gets his. Um, Sammy Watkins back in lineup with the Mark Robinson. They kind of sp- split all each other's up so that not, neither of them are valuable. Um, it's just really the top two guys there. So honestly, a weird game um, to get to where it was, but everyone outside of maybe Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a good day um, for people that you would have started. Uh, so yeah, as long as you didn't start Brown, the defensive. Uh, Antonio Brown, yeah, I guess people would have started him uh, recently. I, I, I've, he's kind of been off my radar since he's come back just because I, I don't know when the week is that he'll just all of a sudden be gone again. Uh, so he's been off my radar. But yeah, only two catches for 11 yards. And, and I know some people are starting to buy into him because Brady was really forcing the ball in these short down situations. So I guess he would be a bad one and maybe Clyde uh, for disappointing days, but everyone else kind of had a, had a nice day, especially Tyree Kill, obviously probably won. Uh, if, if you lost your fantasy matchup with Tyree Kill, you've done something real wrong. Uh, so yeah. having, having a career day for a wide receiver in fantasy. So, and obviously was... Patrick Mahomes did really well. And then, um, I mean, Tom Brady also had a very good day, even with the two interceptions. They'll put up a good number. I do have an example of someone that lost with um, Tyreek Hill. It's Ginge. I was wow. texting him. I was texting him last night. In his other league, he played against Derek Henry, Will Fuller, and Sean Watson on the other team. And that the rest, tough. the rest of his team did not do well. So obviously, that is one way to a loss with Tyreek Hill on your team this week. Um, <laughs> I did win with Tyreek Hill in another league, so. I mean, most people who own him probably did. I'm sure there are a few outliers. Um, chalked it up to Ginger's luck this year. Anyway, <laughs> last game we'll talk about here, Sunday Night Football, the Bears at the Packers, classic rivalry game. Packers take this one at home, 41-25. For the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, 242 yards and three touchdowns. Looked pretty decent. Um I was happy to see as an Allen Robinson owner who went for eight receptions, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. David Montgomery had a decent day as well. 11 carries and 103 yards also had a receiving touchdown. Um, And then for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, 211 yards, four touchdowns. Just another fantastic game out of him. Uh, Robert Tunyon, five receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, of course, a touchdown. Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis chalking up a couple touchdowns as well. On the ground, Aaron Jones, 17 reception, or excuse me, 17 carries for 90 yards. Um, you know, nothing spectacular, too spectacular out of him that we'd come to expect for Jamal Williams had the rushing touchdown on the day. Um, so Tyler, can I take me through this last game here? Are you surprised, not surprised? And what do you expect out of 
each team kind of moving forward here. I am not not surprised at all. You said Trubisky looked decent, but that was after the fact that they were down 10 to 41. The Packers got off to a huge lead here. Trubisky did struggle early in that game. They were able to get plenty of garbage time points together. David Montgomery still had a good game producing yards even before they were getting blown out. He just didn't get enough carries. Uh, they're surprisingly, I want to not trust Trubisky whatsoever in this Bears offense, but they have some great matchups coming up. There are none that scare me. They're all very good matchups. I think they're going to be closer games, so you're going to see maybe less yards and production out of Trubisky and the receivers, but they still should produce just fine. They still should all have good fantasy days. This is the golden opportunity for Trubisky to prove himself. I don't think he's capable of it. I This Bears offense is just – it's so disgusting. It's the best opportunity for any team, and I do think they're going to blow it. Allen Robinson is definitely a fantasy starter, I think. In these matchups, he can be a high-end wide receiver too. Same with Montgomery. I wouldn't be shocked if they blow it for everyone that starts him, though. So just be prepared to be disappointed by those guys when Trubisky misses them for a wide-open touchdown. Then on the Packers' side, again, it it's the big boys that we're watching. It's Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, and Devontae Adams. They all did just fine. Aaron Rodgers lit it up. No problem against the Bears' defense. He embarrassed them. He's been doing that a lot lately. Uh, Aaron Jones did just fine on the ground. I know Jamal Williams got the touchdown in this game, but that was later in the game. That was in the second half where he got the touchdown, actually, into the third quarter. And Aaron Jones is obviously still the clear lead back. They just didn't need him. Kind of the uh, maybe the Alvin Kamara situation we were talking about where they're kind of resting him, easing him in. I think that's true there. And Alan Lazar got a touchdown. Everyone got a touchdown on the Packers. Robert Tanya, the only guys you might be starting at tight end. He's a potential streamer option in these good matchups, and Alan Lazard is a guy that I'm not starting, but I'm keeping an eye on for the rest of the season and for next year because I do think he's a very talented wide receiver, and Aaron Rodgers seems to love the guy. So the big three are still awesome for the Packers. Yes, I agree, and I'm hoping for some more fruitful matchups for Aaron, or performances for Aaron Jones through the playoffs. Uh, Monday night football going on right now. Seahawks at the Eagles. Seahawks currently lead seven to nothing halfway through the second quarter. Ravens Steelers game, obviously originally scheduled for Thanksgiving night, was then pushed to tonight, which was now then pushed to Tuesday, which is now going to be on Wednesday. Um, Rob, I don't know if you want to talk anything about this. I mean, I know the Ravens have like 19 players on the COVID reserve list. Some have come back. They added more today. For the Steelers, obviously James Connors, the big name there. Any thoughts on this game? And yeah, I'm still interested to see if it happens. Um, obviously, there's still the case that you know if one more positive comes tomorrow, there's no chance that they're going to play Wednesday because the whole point is that they want to go a whole day without a, a new test positive. Um, so that means they can also practice uh, if they don't get any positive tests. So it's interesting to see if it plays. Obviously, it has a huge impact on fantasy. Uh, ESPN's elected to extend the week again to Wednesday. We've already extended it to Tuesday in the past, given the need for that. So it'll be interesting to see it, you know, what happens. And obviously, if it extends past Wednesday, then they can't continue it, continue the fantasy week. So then it becomes trickier there. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll know more on our Thursday show um, what happened with it. So. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, well, obviously the day will have passed. Hopefully the game gets played. Um, but obviously everyone's health and safety comes first. So we'll monitor that situation. That will wrap up our game reviews for this week. Um, spent a little longer on that, which, you know, I like. There was a lot of good action to talk about. So we'll move into the waivers here. I'll just let you guys go back and forth um, just for the sake of time here. Tyler, you won studs and duds, so I'll let you go first here. You're running back out of the week. Oh, I'm always stuck between two guys, so I hate when I go first. And I'll just go with Cam Akers, who is 28% on the rookie on the Rams. Uh, we just talked about him recently in that Rams game. He had nine rushes, 84 yards, a touchdown. Meanwhile, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown only managed 13 carries for 23 yards between the both of them. They do have a good-looking schedule up ahead. If there was a running back that could be the bell cow on this offense, it's Cam Akers. I don't see it happening, but he's worth a stash for that reason. All right, very fair, very fair. Rob, I'll go to you here. You're running back for the week. I'm going to go Frank Gore. Not that it's 2010 again, but, um, you know, LaMichael P. Ryan uh, out for the Jets. Really only one name left there. And he put up a nice day. I mean, he's he's averaged, oh, he's gotten over 10 uh, carries a game over the last like five or six games. Uh, so there's value there as he just needs to find the end zone, which he's only done once over the past five games. Uh, but, you know, he's a big body, a goal line back. If the Jets can find their way to the goal line, he's going to get that carry um, on the goal line, averaging 4.1 yards per carry in the last two games. Um, like I said, just zero competition in that backfield. Even with them getting blown out, they still ran the ball uh, 18 times this week. So, Again, they have no reason to win. They're not going to change their game plan up just given how the game goes. So I think there's just he's just going to run the ball about 15 to 18 times a game. And if that's the case, you know, there's value there. Yeah, I think – well, I don't think – he was going to be mine as well. Just, I mean, given the situation and everything you said is fair. Um, I'll go right back to you for your wide receiver ad for the week. I'm happy because I get to go before Tyler because I'm going to go Alan Lazard. Um, Tyler's friend that he mentioned before, only 27.8% owned, um, obviously the injury, you know, he's already a questionable guy. Uh, so that's probably why he's so little rostered. I'm surprised. I think after this set of waivers go through that number's going to jump right up. Um, Rogers always continues to talk about how much he likes him. Devonta Adams, still the guy. Marcus Valdez-Scantling does those really well, like end of game. They need like a Hail Mary sort of play, but that's it. Marcus Valdez-Scantling's ever been. So I don't think he's going to take from Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's only going to get better as he keeps improving. He's only 24 years old. He's six foot five, huge body for um, Rogers to hit to go along with um, what's his name, uh, Devontae Adams. I'm watching Chris Carson just beat my fantasy season. So yeah, that game, was so he just took half the team with him. But yeah, uh, but yeah, no, he got six targets this game for four receptions, 23 yards against a good Chicago defense. So obviously the game was a blow, so it doesn't look like a good Chicago defense, but it's a good Chicago defense overall. Um, so that's why his targets and receptions are down. I expect him to do better going forward. So that's just a wide receiver you stash uh, for good matchups. Yeah, and then Tyler, I'll go to you here, your wide receiver pick for the week. I'll go with Michael Pittman again. He's 38% owned on the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they have the best strength of schedule for wide receivers. They really don't have that number one guy this season. I know T.Y. Hilton had the big game last week with a touchdown and 84 yards. But he just hasn't been there this year. I don't think it's him. Michael Pittman had that breakout game a few weeks ago, and over the last three games he's been, I should say, the two games before this last one, he was very productive. He put up good fantasy days. And even though his line this week was only two catches for 28 yards, he still had nine targets. 
So I think that's decent enough where he could return flex value in the playoffs, and I look forward to him because he's a bright spot emerging in that offense, and he's got a real opportunity here to take over as the number one wide receiver in that offense. Yeah, and then I'll come right back to you here for your tight end. Um, I guess I'm going to go right back to that offense and Trey Burton uh, because as not it's not just wide receivers that have an upcoming good schedule. It is tight ends as well. Uh, Trey Burton has scored a touchdown in the last two. I still don't feel like he's worth like a waiver waiver priority or fab budget, maybe just a free agent. I'd rather spend my waiver wire pick elsewhere as as I talked about last week for defenses that have good playoff schedules where you need someone to fill in for your defense just specifically one week. That's where I would go over a tight end. All right, and then Rob, I'll go to you for your tight end. Yeah, my tight end and, and subsequently quarterback are going to be the sure. you need to win week 13 to make the playoffs or improve your standing in the playoffs, if, if that's what it is. A lot of leagues are coming down to this week. Um, as we see in our league, there's so many different ways it could go in terms of the standings. Um, in my other league, there's like eight people f- vying for like the last like four spots, so it's, it's kind of crazy there. So I'm going to go with Kyle Rudolph. Um, had a good week this week, uh, seven receptions for 68 yards. It's his first week of the season, over 10 points, so I don't see a lot of consistency there. And then also to play Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans down the, the fancy playoff stretch. So this is very much a streamer option for the next week. Um, playing Jacksonville, Kirk Cousins has looked really good. That's going to make him a lot better. Um, I, I expect Thielen to be back um, this week. I, I don't. I, it's weird that I, he missed. I, has he confirmed even COVID Thielen? Or just close contact, because if he's close contact, I'm surprised he didn't play. So if he has it, that means he has to be out against Jacksonville as well, so he can miss another week. Um, either way, I think there's value for Rudolph there. Jacksonville's so bad, we obviously saw it this week. So I think there's value there to have him. And then I'm just going to go with it, because my quarterback was Kirk Cousins as well. A streamer option this week. Um, only roster in 20, 20.4%. Had an amazing week against Carolina. Put up a ton of yards. I cannot see Jacksonville stopping this offense as well. Um, I'm starting every one of the Vikings that you can, whether Thielen's back or not. I'm just starting all of them um, against the the struggling Jaguars. And Kirk Cousins, great streamer option if your starting QB has a bad bad matchup and you're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, and then Tyler, I'll let you wrap it up here with your quarterback ad for the week. Yeah, and I'm going with Danny Dimes. You had mentioned that he is injured, which. It's definitely looking like that. I think they're being optimistic when they're saying he has a chance to play Week 13 against Seattle. That's a matchup I was so excited for, but at least this is a guy you don't have to go pick up with waiver wire or any fab budget. You can literally wait till the day of. I think people are going to be dropping him throughout the week because he has that injury issue. And if he does play against Seattle, there's a good chance that he could have a boom game there and even if he doesn't, he has good matchups week 14 and 15 versus the Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns. But then outside of that week 16, he gets another tough matchup. So for the next three weeks, if he's healthy, he could be a solid option. All right, Tyler, give me one defensive flyer for this week. Defensive flyer? Oh, I'm not. I haven't prepared it for this I gotta, week. I'm, I'm going to put you on the. I got to put you on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. Um, I'm going to go with. The Los Angeles Rams. Um. Oh no, they're they're seventy five percent owned, but I'll, I guess I'll stick with them. They play Arizona divisional game. Maybe they take the blueprint blueprint from the Pats. 
But the real reason I'm picking them up this week is because they play the Jets in Week 15. Very fair, Rob. Uh the the Bears are technically under 50, percent so that's better than the Rams, and they play against Detroit next week. So if you can find the Bears, it's again it's a 50-50 if you'll find them, but <laughs> if you do find them, that's that's probably a good one to start. Yeah, I agree. Um, that will wrap up our waivers for this week. That will also wrap up this episode. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to these shows. As always, we love creating this content. We hope you all had a very happy Thanksgiving and healthy as well. Until next time, we will see you on the next episode of the Fantasy Frenzy Podcast. See you. Peace out, fellas.